Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Welcome everyone. My name is John McMullen and I'm the marketing director here at MBI. Today I'm talking with Dave Stahl, Associate AIA and Principal at Cunningham. Dave is here to talk about the design and development of one of the largest multifamily volumetric modular projects in the country. Dave, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, so tell me about yourself, Dave. What's your background and, and how did you get started as an architect? So um, I started actually in engineering and found that while doing the math, I often doodled on the side and thought, why am I swimming upstream? <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, explore the art side more and very glad I did that. Um, went into architecture and graduated about 28 years ago. So I've been doing this for a while. Uh, I've always been at the front end design side. Uh, I think that engineering spirit actually helps well in the genre I work in. I work in multifamily, which is about numbers and how to do things efficiently and where to focus our design efforts and where uh, other things that work well to repeat them. So actually what's interesting is the modular aspect uh, plays into it very well. It is how do we make this machine work and versus trying to make the machine fit a predestined vision that we had before. So that's uh, kind of my architectural background. I've been with Cunningham for uh, 18 years in two different stints. I started here had to look out of a different window for a while, like all of us need to do, and liked it so much I came back. Well, that's that's awesome. I love the story about um, you know doodling in the margins while you, while you're in math class. That was my the entirety of my career in math <laughs> class was doodling, um, which leads me to ask: Were there any new skills or techniques that you needed to learn going from engineering uh, into architecture? Did you have to rethink everything, or could you apply a lot uh, that you had already learned? I think a lot of the, the skill sets, and I've told this to most engineers I know and architects, it's like, uh, you could probably, you have the skill sets within you to probably do either one. It's whatever your interests draw you. Uh, my wife's a, a graphic designer and does a lot of things. And I tell her, it's like, there's, again, a lot of overlap and skill sets. There are nuances and detail specifics that, like, for instance, if I had to calculate the load carrying capacity on a beam today, <laughs> I might have to reference a book or two to get through <laughs> that. But uh, I do think it, it's, uh, we, you come with a set of skills that then get honed as you practice or go to school. So I, I think I had most of them and I just am a lot happier doing the creative front end versus figuring out what others have done. I hear you. Um, so how about modular design? Did you start out with that or was that something that you had to add to your toolkit as you went on? Well, uh, it's, it's new-ish to my world. Uh, I think the first modular building I looked at with a group was probably three years ago. So it's not like I have this 20 years back. Uh, so um, like any good designer, it's uh, learning the skills and what that specific modular fabricator did. And instead of trying to form it to my whims, it's learning what is it that this does well, and let's propagate that and make sure uh, we express that, because that's where you're going to get the advantages. Mm -hmm. So uh, did that. But right now, um, like you mentioned, we have 
uh, a large one under construction finally huzzah but uh, i've probably done uh, half dozen to eight buildings quite thoroughly that uh, three are hopefully starting and the rest you know were one of those oh that was a good exercise and for mm -hmm. reasons a b and c don't go forward well, let's talk about uh, the project that you're working on, the, the, the very large modular multifamily project. Tell me about how that project uh, evolved, how it started, what was your goal, and uh, how was that project coming along? So it started via uh, a, an architectural RFP. Uh, they asked a number of firms to propose an interview. I think what gave us the advantage is I was looking at a different modular project in a different city with a developer and was they were looking at rise modular the developer for the project and work on they were looking at using their factory so before i got started i talked to the folks there and said give me the beats what do you what do i do well what should i do what should i not do and kind of learned and we looked at a bunch of different options some that fit the modular uh cell that they used well others that we even explored like a california wrap around a parking structure and i remember going well this is certainly a round peg getting jammed into a square hole i'm betting this one doesn't pencil and sure enough because you could only use half length mods you, we lost a lot of advantages but it was an exercise anyway uh i got to know the folks at rise comfortable enough so when we went in to the interview, um, we I knew the right questions to ask. I knew what their strengths were. And then we could spend the time actually getting a, a couple of steps ahead, for instance, saying, if if you're giving me free, free reign, my whole goal is to give you a building that people say, that's a lovely building. And then afterward, when you say that's modular, they're like, no kidding. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's my whole goal. <laughs> for, yeah, versus saying, yes, I can see it's the way it's put together. So tell me about the building specifically. Where is it? Uh, how, how many mods are in it? What's what's the overall shape and size of it? Okay. Yep. It's in Edina, Minnesota in the uh, kind of, for those that may be local, it's the intersection of highways 494 and 100. Uh, will be visible from the highway, which is always nice for mm -hmm. those of us that have projects. Um, it is uh, 205 mods and I believe 210 units. Uh, a lot of, it is not um, micro units for instance. So a lot of them have multiple, uh, like they're two or three mods wide mm -hmm. for units. So it is a uh, market rate, uh, has uh, two bedrooms, one bedrooms and efficiencies. And uh trying to think it's uh, a podium project so it's five stories over a precast base where the parking uh is contained on top of that podium is a lovely pool amenity deck and the shape of the building is essentially uh an asymmetric h shape almost okay. to c but uh just again we wanted to make sure that there was articulation and breaking so of the three wings the center one that connects uh, to it is pulled back to give some articulation along the street edge, make for a better pedestrian experience. Did this building go through several iterations? Was it always sort of conceived of as that shape? Well, there was a master plan that roughly denoted 
you know, the overall extents of the building. It could have been a C, it could have been two L's, you know, there was some of that, but early on, we um, wanted to make sure that there was some efficiency. So for instance, two L-shaped buildings on a podium means two different sets of elevators, extra stair towers required, that sort of thing. So we kind of knew it wanted to be one building mm -hmm. and which way the uh, podium oriented, do we want it facing south in the sun or did we want it facing toward the rest of the development? This is part of a larger master plan that'll include hotels and restaurants and things. So there was some talk, but we landed on it relatively quickly because there was a lot of, hmm, that makes sense. <laughs> so what was the process uh, working with the guys at Rise Modular? Uh, they've, they've been on this podcast. They're great guys. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you and your team at Cunningham interface with them? What was that process like? Well, it's actually been really comfortable uh, because we all have the end goal in mind mm -hmm. to build a nice project, optimize the efficiency of uh, the system they've come up with. Uh, we toured the site. I know what it does well, and it's been great uh, because we do have that same goal. So whenever there are, hmm, this isn't working well, instead of saying, well, that's what I drew and we're going to stick with it, like <laughs> some architects are kind of known. It's like, okay, well, let's work this out. And what else you got? Because here are the, the drivers. Let's make sure that we keep with those in mind. But how these buildings, for instance, intersect one wing to the next. There, there's six ways to do that. Let's come up with one we both like. So it's been a lot of fun. And even we've had uh, a, a former coworker coincidentally um, left here and started working there um, shortly before we got the project. Mm -hmm. And it's just another friendly face that you're comfortable with. They left on good terms. You know, people uh, check things out. So it's been really, uh, it's been very comfortable. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, tell me about the, the exterior design features on this project. I know you made some very cool choices. Uh, how were your design choices affected by this project being modular or, or were they? Well, there are. Um, so for instance, uh, early on talking uh, to Rise, we talked about exterior facade and we wanted to make sure there was uh, articulation because um, there's some prototypical uh, modular buildings that are simple. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make sure there was enough articulation. But on the other hand, you know, this is a multifamily building and its revenue is generated by the rent. So you can't build something that you can't pay for. Like, for instance, a hospital pays for itself by the beds inside and what's going on. Uh, there are realities. If it costs more than you can ever get rent, guess what building doesn't get built? So our first generation did every mod kind of did a stagger back and forth. We're like, ooh, wow, no one's ever going to know this is modular. And just how all of those uh, outside edges would have to come together. Can you do it? Yes. Was it a good use and optimizing how they go together? No. So um, we focused it. Uh, where does your eye go in most buildings? They go to the corners. So we have some simple fields and all of our uh, attention and articulation goes toward the corners. So we have brows and we have some vertical moves that are uh, built after the fact on the outside. Again, with the intent to, if you can uh, realize this is modular, we haven't done 
enough. So that is the nice thing. The, the mods want to be as done as they can be, but the skin, at least with the Rise version, uh, is done afterwards. So you cover all the seams, you can do moves that span multiple mods and blur that area behind. So um, I guess uh, to repeat, uh, articulation happens at the corners and then the way the wings meet, we spent quite a bit of time on how they butt up into each other because we wanted to make sure that we weren't covering uh, rentable square footage with wing, uh, other, excuse me, other um, rooms. And we wanted kind of a light touch. So it's almost it throats down to Skyway-like connections, although there is rentable space there, but we wanted to kind of narrow it down. Um, again, maximizing how the mods intersect. Mm -hmm. What um, stage is this project in now? So they are uh, starting to fabricate the mods. And here is some rise tidbits, uh, a refresher if they've already been on, but it takes about 13 days, I'm told, between start of, you know, rough pieces mm -hmm. to a uh, completed mod. Uh, while it's 13 days start to finish, their goal is two a day. So that's the route they come on. They have a large space. They they essentially get like a boat wrap, shrink wrap, mm -hmm. and they get set outside right their facility and wait for the time. They have started the podium. Uh, we're still about, uh, I believe it's a month or two away from setting mods. But when the mods do come, they're hoping to get between 10 and 12 a day. And they're going to build it with the center link wing first and then build the left and right afterward because building vertical, uh, they prefer that versus doing all one level and then going to the next. I think it's basically the race to get the roof on. Gotcha. With, with your experience, and you have a lot of it, uh, both with modular now and, and, and with regular stick built, what are the differences from your perspective from, from an architecture point of view in designing uh, traditional st stick built versus modular what skills have you picked up what skills have you realized maybe you don't use as much what's the what, what are the differences you find well um planning ahead it's uh i can't emphasize how uh certain things we've all heard of uh projects being fast-tracked where you get the foundation permit and you go and you're still designing some of the upper parts uh, we can certainly get going on some of this, but uh, since there is no in the field, we'll get to that later. They're putting as much in the mods, including uh, light fixtures and appliances and everything, as much as they can get in and ship it together. That helps because it's less in and out, less cleaning and that sort of thing afterward. Um it's really getting your ducks in a row before you run. The ready, aim, fire really applies because we've all had clients where it's ready, fire, aim, and right, we'll right. figure it out. We have a good crew. We'll get there. Um, planning ahead. Absolutely. Getting it all figured out, then going. Are there differences with a, a big modular structure like this one? It's over 200 mods. It's a huge place. Uh, designing a big structure like this versus smaller. Uh, projects are there differences in how you design for those so most of the ones that i personally have been working with have been of a larger scale okay. and that but i can just knowing what is going along um 
there are things about, uh, you know, you want artistic articulation, but the unit behind that should be repeatable. And like I said, you, since you have to plan out everything, it would be nice not to have a onesie twosie unit. Like, oh, this is the unique one. And we took just as long time versus the one next to it that there's a lot of. So our opposite corners, you can't see them at the same time, have the same units and articulation in it because we wanted to get some mileage out of that planning and thought process and that sort of thing. Again, it's about efficiency. Um, we have our areas that are unique, our amenity spaces, our entries, the areas where everyone comes together, mm -hmm. all unique. When it comes to the units, hey, if that one bedroom works great there, <laughs> let's not have 10 different plans for one bedrooms. Let's have two. What was the biggest challenge for this project? I mean, obviously, it's a very big, required lots of uh, planning and coordination, the ready aim fire, as you put it. Uh, but was there a specific obstacle that you needed to figure out how to overcome? To me, the hardest was the um, you don't have to match the units across the corridor because, uh, again, the, I, don't, I don't mean to repeat what your audience knows, but the mods typically are semi-truck trailer size mm -hmm. and typically span from outside wall across the corridor to opposite outside wall. The part that was new going from a traditional multifamily world was you don't have to have this exact same unit across the way, but those party walls in that mod do have to line up and the way they drop in. So uh, making sure as you go down a hallway and turn a corner, everything on both sides works together. And uh, sometimes like, oh, it'd be great. We'll put the stair here. Oh, wait, the stair tower is, you know, four feet thinner than in the mod needs to be. So let's reconfigure it. So we're using the space. So I think that was where at the beginning, um, most of the mental gymnastics were happening. It's kind of like optimizing your Tetris. What were some of the takeaways that you took from this project and, and what are you going to apply next time you do one of these large uh, multifamily buildings? Uh, certainly uh, not reinventing the wheel again. Mm -hmm. So there are some units that are fantastic in the future uh, on uh, projects. I'm hoping that we can use them again and everything stays the same in the, uh, you know, there might be a change to how the mods are made and there's an improvement, but uh, there are some that it's like, these are worth doing again. Um, so take, yeah, taking the best parts and then building on that and uh, continually improving. So I look forward to getting some mileage out of some that were, uh, you know, you put a lot of thought into it mm -hmm. and they're very nice. Well, very good. Uh, what advice do you have for architects, designers, maybe even engineers who are looking into uh, the modular industry. Do you have any uh, words of inspiration or, or, or warning? Well, I do have a little uh, event that happened some years ago. And look, when I was going through this modular process, I'm like, this follows this trajectory quite well. And I'll, I'll try to be super brief. Um, about 20 years ago, the Minnesota AIA had a competition out at the Mall of America for a Lego competition. You know, they, they called up all the bigger architecture firms and said, come on out. And what you're going to build is you're going to build a bridge. It has to be, it has to span 18 inches. That's it. 
other than that, you can do whatever you want. And it's like, oh, okay, well, what will you have? Was my first question. Oh, we'll have this huge pile of every conceivable part you want. I'm like, hmm, okay. Will you have just the standard bricks, the two by four, you know, day one? And they're like, oh yeah, we'll have those two color coordinated. I'm like all I needed to know. So we got back. We planned a very elaborate, very sinuous uh, high. It had a S curving thing. There wasn't a straight line on it, but we knew our commodity piece is that two by four brick was our mm -hmm. constant. And we planned around just that everything we had to do. And we printed out plans that were to scale so we could just go on top of it. There was no, what should we do? I think we should do this. We had pre-planned. So the day of the event, we hit the ground running and within minutes already had things building up where most teams were discussing and looking at what pieces could do it. Um, to cut to the end, um, we creamed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't even a close second because it was that uh, plan, plan, plan. Then we planned, then we did it. Mm -hmm. uh, so the advice would be, whichever modular manufacturer you're working with and they are the drivers learn their system figure out what they do what it does best and embrace it optimize it go with that versus hey have you ever tried doing an l-shaped mod because i have this idea no <laughs> you're just going to take time and money and stuff like that really make it good and like i said with that simple the boring the most boring lego piece we had far and away the most interesting design because we figured out how to use it in a fun way. Well, I love the story. I think it's great advice. I was really concerned there that they were going to have no two by four bricks and you'd have to invent something on the fly, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad your story had a happy end. Yes. And uh, very applicable to a good trajectory for a module building. Indeed. Embrace it, live it. Don't try to, Hey, you know what would be cool? Let's try something different. Um, if it, they suggest it and you work together, great. But uh, for the most part, they're set up for some pretty straightforward approach. Use it to its advantage. So now that you've been in the industry for a little while, you've done several modular designs, you've got some on the horizon. Um, do you foresee any changes in designing for modular over the next few years? Uh, are there trends that you see coming or going? What's your... What's your uh, fingers in the wind kind of? So sense? right now, what's, what's really nice about modular projects is they're built in a controlled environment. You can, you can build a car in a parking lot by laying the pieces out, but it's a lot nicer to do it inside with everything organized and that sort of thing. Uh, that's really nice. Now, that being said, uh, the quality goes up because the workers are doing the same kind of approach. If you're making cookies, if you're doing a hundred of them, you're going to be more consistent than, Hey, this is my first batch. Let's see mm -hmm. how they turn out. Um, I look forward to uh, when some of that might become automated and therefore offer some more complexity because right now complexity does slow down the process. Let's say you want to chamfer an outside wall. You can certainly do that but it's not what the crew is set up to do. And it's a unique thing. I'd like to see uh, some more unique mods that if, they if there were certain steps in the process that were automated would become then much more easy. Um, 
that would be nice. And also right now, it due to how uh, you want it self-contained in quality, there's uh, quite a bit of material. It has to be strong. It has to be shipped, transported. It would be nice to see if some very smart engineers, smarter than me, could look at it and, oh, you know, we can get it just as strong by eliminating 10% of the wood still. Because right now, it's they're beefy. Mm-hmm. But it, that's, you know, it does come at, uh, it's, it's about speed. It's not how do you build a building cheaper. It's how do you build it faster. It would be nice. And I do think it will go that way. Once we get the system down better, we'll start optimizing materials and things like that. Well, Dave, I uh, just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for joining MBI. I thought this was a great conversation. I can't wait uh, for the completion of your project. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing much more from you and from Cunningham uh, in the months and years to come. Thanks again. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.